took care of your candy and your cards and your flowers. Uh, that was so important. But listen, I'm going to jump right into this today because, guys, I've got something very, very important to share with you guys today. This is probably one of the most important messages that I've ever preached to my family. It looks like we're all family in here. No visitors today, so this is great. And so I want you to pay attention. This is a good message, but I want you to pay attention. If you notice somebody falling asleep, you know, punch them in the ear or something and wake them up. Because this is, I don't want them to miss this. Because this is very, 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 and then I say it's very important. All right? So what I'm going to share with you today, guys, is what? important. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to be preaching from my heart. And this is going to tie into the love, the love I have for you. And of course, the love that God has for you, right? And the love that I have for this church. And, and, and then what we're called to do and then what, we're, we're, what we're doing. And now, this starts from last week, I, I made a comment that, that caught a lot of you by, uh, caught everybody's attention. You, you, you hadn't heard this. And that was when I talked about Jeremy back there being my armor bearer. Okay? And, uh, you know, an armor bearer back in the Old Testament was, was, the, was a servant that served the king or served somebody or served, it didn't have to be a king, served somebody, but the armor bearer would carry the armor into battle and the armor, armor bearer was connected to the person they were serving and connected in a way that they would fight for them. They would defend them. They would stand for them. They believed what that person was believing in and they fought for them and they, would, they were their right-hand man. So I titled this message, Will You Be an Armor Bearer? That's because I need some armor bearers. I can't do this alone, all right? And now when I get into this next point here, you'll understand what I'm talking about here because what I'm about to share with you is something that God dropped on my heart last week when I was preparing my message, all right? Now, if you were here last week, you know that we talked about potential, all right? Now, I talk about potential a lot, and I talk about it a lot because repetition is needed, right? As a matter of fact, now with everybody's attention deficit, this, what, and whatever, as a matter of fact, it takes, statistically, it takes people hearing something six times now for them to grasp it. So they're not going to hear it just in one message. So you're going to hear some repetition. That's important, right? But as I was putting that together with potential, I was like, God, come on, you know, we have this conversation. I just talked to God. And I was like, really? I talk about that all the time. And I have preached on that, I think, three messages on that. Different, not exactly the same, different, different ways and different things. But, and, and, of course, God yanked my chain. He said, are you going to preach what people want to hear? Or are you going to preach what I'm asking you to hear? Uh, what I'm asking you to preach? And, man, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm going to preach what you want me to preach. And he said, but as you preach this message, there are going to be people sitting out there that feel like they've heard the message a thousand times. Right? Now, I don't want to know who that is. I don't care to know who that is, but this is a teaching moment. Right? I'm not naive enough to think that every message that I preach up here that everybody just falls in love with and it, and it sinks in their heart. It should because God can speak to you from any word that is brought from this pulpit if your heart is right. Okay, And if that's you and you were sitting out there, you know, I want you to listen to me today. Listen to my heart because right? it's a heart issue. But God told me, he said, there's going to be people that sit there and they feel like that. And he said, there's a reason for that. He said, because there's a spirit of division creeping among your people. 
And we're going to deal with it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And it ties into the armor. Now, don't get all nervous. It's not a malicious spirit. You know, there's a spirit of division always sitting outside the church to divide the body of Christ. Now, if a malicious spirit was in here, we would, we would immediately remove it. But see, Satan moves in subtle ways. And he gets in there and he gains ground before we even realize it. So what I want you to do is I want you to listen to me today because we can't allow him any space. We can't allow him to sneak in and to creep in and to get into people's thought process and to begin to separate us because we have got a God-given vision for this church to fulfill and to accomplish. And it's going to take each and every one of us to do it, right? But last week's message was on potential. And when God told me that, I was like, you know, after the message, I, that was probably the most positive comments I ever received on a message that I've ever preached. As a matter of fact, one lady was watching her uh, daughter-in-law die right now of cancer. And that message touched her heart. Touched her heart. And then when you see those comments, that's just confirmation that I thank God I'm, I'm preaching what God wanted me to preach. Because there was more of them. More of them. Listen, if we're going to fulfill the vision, we need people stepping into their potential and stepping into what God's called them to do. Right? It was confirmation. Confirmation. Right? Now, we know that this isn't a malicious spirit. This is something that Satan just tries to do with any church, not just us. He tries to get in your head. He tries to get you thinking, well, the pastor said this. I don't necessarily like this. And then people get into the attitude, well, maybe we need to tell the pastor how to preach or we need to tell the pastor what to say. Come on, all of these things. And those are dangerous things. We cannot allow him to creep in to our thoughts. You've got to understand that I'm the man of God that God placed into your life if you're called to be a part of this church. You have to trust me and you will never, never know how much I'm fighting for you. You will never, you, I, my average night's sleep is four to five hours. I get up, I lay in the bed, and I'm thinking, who is it? What is it? I'm praying in the Spirit. And then I, sometimes I go to my office. Sometimes I just lay in the bed. Some, every, this, guys, this has been going on since the beginning of the church. And I'm not looking for a pat on the back. That's my job. That's my calling because I love you so much. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. Now listen, if you're... You're the one that feels like you may hear something repeated. Please listen to me and take this, take this very, very cautiously. Don't react. But that's a hard issue. That's a hard issue. You should come in here, just like Michelle said, expecting to hear from God regardless from what's preached. If I preach John 3.16 this Sunday and every Sunday till the end of the year, glory to God, God will speak to you through that. You never know what people are going through. But see, when your heart gets a little out of line and gets a little disconnected from the man of God that God placed in your life, come on, you get into your thoughts. And you begin to think. And usually when you begin to think, you begin to talk. And we know what Scripture says about murmuring. You want to get somebody on your side. You want to get somebody that agrees like you agree. And they, then all that's doing is driving a spirit of division. Guys, we're not going to have a spirit of division, right? Because when that happens, that puts people in a place of not only disconnecting their heart, but it gets them in the place with an attitude of looking for the pastor to perform for them. 
Guys, I'm not the skinny jean television pastor, right? Nothing against those guys as long as they're lined up with the will of God, you know? But that's, I'm not a performer. I'm not. I don't, I, now don't, don't get me wrong. I, I like the, mess, the comments. It, it helps encourage my confidence. Because this is, I really don't like being in front of people like this. But I'm going to fulfill what God's called me to do through His strength and not my strength. But I need your hearts connected to my heart because you're called to be a part of this vision. You're called to help accomplish this. And I'm not, guys, I'm not a performer. I'm going to preach to you what God wants me to preach. And if you come in here prayed up, humbly, with a heart, humble heart, expecting God to speak to you, no matter what is preached, you'll hear it. You will receive what you need to receive. And guys, you do not want to fall into some form of discord and push division and have to stand before God, in His church, in God's church, and have to stand before God for that, right? And I'm not saying anybody's doing that. This is a teaching moment that this is, this happens periodically in churches. It's more dangerous for small churches. We we had a class called Church Split one-on-one. It was a two-week class that we had to sit in. And, and because it's such a very important part of planning churches. And the smaller your church is, your church is, the more dangerous it is. Okay? Big churches, they can absorb that. Large, small churches cannot. Right? But listen, I need you connected with me. I need you understanding. And you know, 2 Timothy 3.16, it tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, that the man of God may be perfectly... Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Listen, come in here knowing that whatever's preached, it is for you in some capacity, but come in with a right, humble heart, not trying to make the church the way you want the church. Come on, those are selfish desires that we need to put our flesh down for. Don't fall into that. But believing by faith that the Holy Spirit will give you supernatural revelation from no matter what is preached from the pulpit. Right? Because it'll be the Word of God. And we're not going to allow ourselves to fall into any discord. That's my encouragement word for you. We're not going to allow it. We're not going to allow... We, and we've taken authority over this. And we've prayed over it. And it's, it, you know, we, we understood when God He revealed this was happening. We've, we've handled all of that. Because you've got to remember, I'm fighting for you more than you'll ever know. Glory to God. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. Guys, I'm your shepherd. I'm your shepherd. And the shepherd protects his flock. You know, Michelle was talking Wednesday night in John 10 about when, when Jesus was given the illustration of the sheepfold. And a sheepfold is it's a corral. It's a round corral and it's got solid sides on it. And that's where you put the sheep to protect them. It has one opening. No door. The door of the sheepfold is the shepherd. He sleeps there to protect the flock. Guys, that's me. I I cannot, and like I said, I'm not looking for a pat on the back, but I want you to understand, I'm fighting for you in the spiritual realm. There are things that you did not go through because I interceded on your behalf. There is. That's my job. I love it. And, And guys, I want you to understand something. This is all I want you to understand. This is to encourage you to not allow the spirit of division to creep in in any way. Because it can come on anybody in your thought life. That's how it happens. 
People reach out to somebody and begin to talk. And, and, and listen, we're humans. We're different. And we're not going to see eye to eye on everything. You can make yourself di- uh, di- angry at me or you can make yourself mad at the church. You can make yourself mad at God if you really want to. Right? But we're going we, we're, we're to stand together in unity, pressing forward to fulfill the vision that God has for this church. And listen, it takes all of us. And that brings me back to the armor bearers. What I was talking about with Jeremy, he's reading a great book that I read when I was going through Bible college called God's Armor Bearer. And it's, it's so important. And we're going to talk about I'm, I won't get through it all today. We'll finish it next week. So I want to encourage you to be back for that. But listen, armor bearers are priceless. Because God, as a pastor, God placed a vision into my heart. He, 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 he placed it in me. He birthed it right in my spirit. Right here. For this church. And I, I wasn't aware it was going to be here in Auburn, but we knew it was going to be for the church. And, 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 but bless God, he, this opportunity, he put us here. And, and now I, as a pastor, I can look out and I understand that without any of you, that vision will never come to pass. See, that vision has got to be all a part of you, just like it's a part of me. Now see, my main interest is God's number one interest. Now God's number one interest is people. Now, if my own number one interest is people, your number one interest should be people. It doesn't matter color, culture, just people. We don't want to see lost and hurting people, right? I need the armor bearers. And it's my job to raise up people into their position in ministry, right? And, 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 to, and to push them into their potential. Because, guys, if I don't do that, this church won't function. Or, or even worse, if I don't do that, the gospel is not preached right here on the streets of our city. Now that's very dangerous. That's very, very dangerous, right? But listen, that's the armor bearers. That's the people that connect heart, wholeheartedly to the vision of the God, of, of God's vision through the man of God that He placed in their lives. They connect 100%. They get behind that vision. They fight for that vision. They stand for that vision. They protect that vision. They promote that vision. They pray for that vision. Guys, just as I'm praying for you, I need you praying for me. I need you praying for me. Just like you got a target on your back this big, I got one this big. They're again, not bringing any glory to me, but I'm standing before a group of people that I am teaching and promoting to fight against the enemy that we're all fighting against. Don't you think he wants me gone? He wants me removed. You have no idea how he works hard at trying to do that. But listen, armor bearers are priceless. And I need the armor bearers. And they're not just people that serve. 1 Samuel, verse Chapter 14, verse 6, and this is Jonathan here. He's talking to his armor bearer. He says, let's go across to the outpost for the pagans, of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has has many warriors or only a few. Verse 7, it says, do what you think. This is the armor bearer talking back. He says, do what you think best, the armor bearer replied. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. Guys, being an armor bearer means you're fully committed to your pastor. You're fully committed to the church. You're fully committed to the vision. You're fully committed to the man of God that God has placed in your life. And guys, that commitment starts with two words. Loyalty and faithfulness. 
loyalty and faithfulness. And guys, if you really want to stretch that, true loyalty and true faithfulness means that you put yourself aside. You're putting personal feelings aside for the vision of what God's called us to do. Now, I'm not saying you can't pursue your personal pleasures and desires. God will make that happen. But there's a process through that. Through submitting to your pastor and submitting to the vision. And all of this comes back to loyalty and faithfulness. First place to God, but then to the man of God that he placed in your life. Amen. Listen, that means that you're so committed to the vision of Compass Church that personal feelings are just a side note. We're in this thing together. We're going to fight for this thing. We're going to stand for this thing. We're going to accomplish this thing. No matter how long and whatever it takes. That's the heart of an armor bearer. And the heart of uh, an armor bearer is, is, of course, loyalty and faithfulness. Right? And if you really want to, uh, for all the Googleologists out there, I know everybody likes to, to, to Google everything now, but the, the definition of Faithful is allegiance to one's government. And, um, I mean, that's loyalty. And faithfulness is defined allegiance to a duty or a person. Guys, that's the armor bearer. That's what I need as a pastor. That's what every, I'm not, it's not just me. It's any pastor that's pastoring. He needs the support. He needs the, somebody that's willing to give of themselves for others. And that, that's something we don't like to talk about in this world. We don't like to talk about giving of ourselves for the benefit of others. Laying one's life down for the benefit of someone's else, somebody else. You know, that's a tough thing to say. Because especially in this, day in, our, in this day where everything's about me, I can have what I want, I can do what I want, I can say what I want, I can be what I want, I can be whatever I feel. Come on. We don't like to talk about that. But the armor bearer is willing to fight and stand and give of himself. For the vision that God has placed. Not only, in, it, ultimately it's in their life, but it's through the man of God that he places in their life. And I, and, and I couldn't think of anybody better when I was putting this together than David. Look with me in, in 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. Now I'm not going to read this, this whole story here. But this is the story of where David is, is picked to be king. Now, I'll paraphrase, and uh, God tells Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and, and to see his sons, and he's, he's telling Samuel, you're going to pick the, I'll show you who's going to be the next king. And, of course, Samuel gets there, and, and Jesse brings his seven sons up there. And they're older, they're mature, some of them are in the military, they're in the in the. So they're warriors, and so they're big, powerful men, and they're standing before Samuel, and Samuel's like, there's nothing here. This is not what I wanted to see. And so Samuel asked Jesse, he says, do you have anything else? And then um, he says, well, I have my youngest son, but he's out in the field. He's just a shepherd. He's only 15 years old. And uh, Samuel told him, he said, go get him. I want to see him. So that's what he did. He sent for David. He sent for David. And then David came. And the minute David came into Samuel's presence and stood right before him, God confirmed it. He's the one. He will be the next king of Israel. And, and then through the, through the whole story, then uh, uh, Samuel anoints David with oil, all right? 
Now, this is very significant because David has not yet stepped into his time, but once Samuel anointed him with oil, God's spirit fell on him. God's favor fell on him, right? And now you see uh, uh, David going into what God's called him to be. Now he goes out, back out into the shepherd, into the field to take care of his sheep, and now he's got a different air about him. He's got a different confidence. He's got a different boldness. He's got a courage that he can't explain. He's got wisdom. And then he goes on into this is the time when he battles the lion, and he battles the bear, and he kills them, right? All right? And then so, so, and David was known for playing his harp. Psalms, come on. He was known for that. And then after, after he was anointed with oil and, and God's Spirit came on him, and his fi- he was on fire for God at this point. And he's writing all of these songs and he's singing them to God. Because that was his source. That was, that was who he was there for. He was pursuing everything because God was his heart. And he was on fire for that. On fire for that. And then that heart playing is what brought, got David brought before Saul. Saul was king right there at this time. And, and if you read the story, in, in verse 14 there it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. See, Saul had disobeyed God. And through that disobedience, God removed his hand from it. Now, that's a whole other sermon right there, right? But he had removed his hand from Saul. Now his hand was on David. But so Saul was going through a hard time right now. Everything going wrong and, and nothing just really going right and probably depressed and probably sad and he wanted some comfort. So they brought David before him to play his music, to sing songs to him. And so David did. And as soon as Saul saw David... Saul was like, yes, I like this. This brings me comfort. And then David and Saul connected. David, here's the cool thing. Now David's going to, he's going to be the king. Saul's going to be out of here. But David comes in as a young man, faithfully ready to serve. Faithfully to fall under what Saul is doing. Faithful to connect with Saul, right? Faithful to stand for Saul. Faithful to fight for Saul, right? And then we look right there in verse 21. 20, it says, Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine with a kid and sent them to, by David, his son, unto Saul. This is when David came into Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer, right? Now, when that happened, guys, that was very, very significant. Very, very significant. David came into the situation. And he came into it with a humble heart. And he came in it ready to serve, ready to do whatever, ready to promote what Saul was fighting for, for the people of Israel, and ready to do whatever. And he was, basically, David was committed to give of himself for Saul's benefit, right? He was committed. 
He was behind Saul no matter what. He was the armor bearer. I will carry the shield. I will take it with you, but not only that, I'm going to fight for you. I will give my life for you. I will stand for what we need to stand for. I will fight for what we need to fight for. I will promote what we need to promote. I've got your back, Saul. I'm going to carry you when you fall. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to encourage one another, and we're going to be in this together and through the thick and the thin, and we're going to fight this thing out. But but most importantly, we're going to come overcome and be victorious. That was David's heart. It was David's heart. And guys, he didn't go in there with the heart to promote himself. He didn't go in, into a heart to, 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 to be brought up into something great. or to do. It. He came in there humble, ready to serve. But through it all and through the whole story, God promoted him to king. He went in there with a humble heart, the right attitude, serving, and, and, and allowed God to promote him and not him to have to promote himself. Amen. That's so important. We, we can learn, the church can learn so much from that because the world we live in, they, they talk very little about laying down one's life for another. People don't want to talk about that now. I mean, do you really have a friend that you'd lay your life down for? I have some. I even know, I, I, I know, and this broke my heart. I had a guy that was doing some work for me. We were talking about this guy. And he said, man, he said, I'm not living my life. He said, I wouldn't even live my life now, life now for my kids, my wife and kids. And I'm like, you need some Jesus. Because you're called, as a husband, you're called to be the protector. Right? And of course, through some conversation, he changed his mind. I hope. But listen, we don't talk about it a lot. See, and, and, and you see this especially in people that church hop. Church hop. They can't, they can't submit. They can't commit. They can't be loyal. They can't be faithful to the man of God that God places in their life. They're looking for the church to serve them. And that hurts. That hurts. It does. People, people are looking for, for how does, what does this church have to offer for me? Don't, I'm blessing them by my presence, right? They're expecting to be served. They better have my coffee. I want some tea. They need to get tea on that cafe room. I want my chair. Somebody got my parking place. Come on. Guys, this is, <laughs> this is so true. This attitude. You pursue a church first by God. And then you go where He leads you. And he, because he made you the way that you are to fit into a vision, to connect with a man of God, to serve wholeheartedly, to fight when you need to fight, to stand when you need to stand, to pray when you need to pray, to encourage when you need to encourage, but to get behind and fully pursue the vision that God's placed before you. But people treat church like they're going to buy a car. I know Jeremy's got all his little tricks about sucking all of you in. I don't think he sold anybody in here a car last week, but we'll give him another week. Somebody will buy a car. But you don't find a church that way. There are people, guys, and I'm not criticizing anyway. Please don't. I'm talking about the big C church. The big C church needs to understand this. Because there are people that, churches that can't grow because people can't submit and people can't connect. They're too busy trying to shop for a church. Well, that pastor's pants aren't tight enough, I guess, you know. He can't dance very well. I want a pastor that's singing. I want a pastor that will only preach 30 minutes and that's it. I don't want to hear any more. 
I mean, these are, these are attitudes that people have developed. And it's hurting the church. The big C church, guys. We've got to get the church, the body, the big C church, back unified so that we can stand and accomplish this thing. We're so divided right now, Satan's just sitting there laughing his head off. Listen, there is the gospel of Jesus that we've got to get out there. The love of God, we've got to get out there. Lives that need to be saved, people that need to be encouraged and brought up, and you all play a part. Each and every one of you play a part. But guys, that attitude also carries over to the pastors. Come on now. People look for the pastor to serve them. Now, I'll serve you any way I can. Give me the the shirt off my back. But there's no honor for the position that this man stands in. I'm not saying this is here, but this is an attitude in the body of Christ today. They're looking for a performer instead of a man of God that's fighting for them spiritually. A man of God that's standing for them, praying and intercessing on their behalf, encouraging them, teaching them to walk in the fullness of their life, not to become complacent in the, in the, in the petty things of this world, but to go after things, get out there and do some things, accomplish some things, because there are great and mighty things that each and every one of us can do. Sometimes we need that little kick in the butt, that little nudge. Amen. Glory to God. John 15, 13 says, There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Guys, there's an honor that comes with your pastor and your, and your pastors. You know, this is, and this is so important that you teach your children this at a young age. I, I, I was talking with some, some pastor friends last week and about this, similar, you know, but we were talking about youth pastors and the lack of... of, of, of honor for the position of the youth pastor in, with the kids today. And guys, that carries on. When you instill that in the children when they grow up, then they, they, they don't have that respect and that honor for that position either for the head pastor. And this isn't all about promoting me. This is about honoring the position the man of God stands in. It's so important. And it shouldn't be overlooked because you have no idea what we go through. Oh my gosh. You have no, no idea. Now, I was, I'm very grateful we have a, a good team here. that They do such a good job and that we've never had an issue with that. I was actually bragging on our youth, youth pastors and teams here because they, they do a good job of that, instilling that in those kids. But there's, there's a lot of big, big, big churches, guys, mega churches with hundreds of kids that are not. It's more about making it all about the game and all about the fun. And you've got to put that in there, guys, but you've got to put in the honor and the respect for God and the commitment to the vision and the, and the Word of God itself and promoting what those kids are called to do. And it all goes together. It's not just about cake, donuts, and, and having a fun game. You've got to find the balance. You've got to find that balance. I mean, you, you know, when you really think about it, I was put a note here, it says that, that when we talk about laying our life down for one, I mean, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. I mean, think about it. And, and you know, I was ta- talking with uh, a, a guy up at, uh, at Russell, the building supply place up there where I get a lot of stuff, and we were talking about, we, we bounce things off of us. He's, he's from a Methodist background, and so we bounce things around. And very, we're very similar, just a few few differences and we were talking about this. He said, yeah, but people aren't worried about that. They're more concerned about their desires and what their pleasures. And, 
and, and all of that. And I was like, wow, well, you know what? That's probably true. I didn't even think about that. But what you've got to understand is that when you're in the perfect will of God, serving humbly with a humble heart in whatever capacity that He's called you to serve in, promoting and pushing and driving toward His vision that He's placed in a man of God that He's put in front of you to, to, to mentor you, to encourage you, to teach you, to walk with you through the hard times, to marry you, to bury you when you die. When you can connect with that man, when you can get behind that vision, God will fulfill the desires of your heart. You've got to believe that by faith. You know, there's... Uh, there, there, I, there was one of the biggest problems that they preach against in, 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 or that they deal with in Bible, I mean, when we were going through Bible college was the fact that people try to pastor that don't need to be pastoring. They need to be number two. They don't need to be number one, right? I'd rather be number two than number one just because, you know, some people are more comfortable up in front of people than I am. I'm really not, uh, but that being said, people try to make them... They see the TV minister and they see the TV evangelist and they say, that's what I want to be. And it's more about trying to, to, to turn themselves into what they want to be than actually pursuing what God's called them to do. But when you... I remember Tony Cook at Rama, And most of you, all you Rama people know him. Uh, great man of God. Great man. He's a great teacher. One of the greatest teachers they had there. And he travels now and... Uh, all over the world and writes books. And, but he served faithfully at Raymond for, gosh, how many years was he there? Like 18 years as the associate. As the associate. And, I mean, probably one of the best associates any minister would want. I mean, the most compassionate uh, person and just very gifted in that calling. But he never stepped into his pastor position for that length of time. And it wasn't the money. Come on, you don't make a lot of money doing that thing. It was because he wasn't called yet. But yet through all of that time, God worked through him. God promoted him. Now he's one of the most well-known faith speakers and teachers there is. And God promoted him and grew him as he faithfully served as number two man. And he wrote books and he prospered him financially. And he just, he met, God promoted him and grew him up because he saw his heart and his willingness to serve where God called him to serve and created him to serve for 18 plus years until God promoted him. But through all of that, God provided for everything, all the desires. The man, happiest man I think I've ever seen in my life. Never heard a crossword out of when I worked out there. With never heard a crossword. Never, never saw a disappointing look on his face. He was just, he was just sold out for God, sold out serving Him, serving Him humbly, humbly. And guys, that's the armor bearer that every pastor needs. Every and I'm, I'm not talking about just me. If you, you come to a meeting and say, you say, Pastor, I'm just, I don't think I'm called to be here anymore and my season's up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to send you out of here. I'm going to have a broken heart, but I'll get over that. But I, my heart is that you get what you need. And if you get it down the street or if you get it in Montgomery, if you get it in uh, wherever you get it, I want you to get it. Because time's short, guys. This isn't time to play church hopping games. It's time to get serious and connect. Get behind the vision. Sold out fully for God. Serving faithfully. Pursuing 
Being the armor bearer that God wants you to be. Fighting for what the vision that God has given your pastor. Come on, I need armor bearers that are going to pray. I need armor bearers that are going to protect. I need armor bearers that are going to evangelize. I need armor bearers that are going to be the lifting hands to hold me up when, the, when, when I'm getting beat down because of the target on my back. You know, I need armor bearers that are going to be, you coming after my church, Were you coming after me? If you're coming after my pastor, you're coming after me. Come on, I need people that are behind me. I can't do this alone. This is why people always wonder, why do churches grow to be so big, but yet some so small? And there's a lot of reasons, right? Some churches are only called to be small. But the mega churches grow to be so big because so many people can connect to the vision. I mean, you get to you talk to some of these people, buddy. You better not talk anything about their church. That's my church. It's on. We're gonna fight. We're gonna roll around over this. Now, don't go fighting over the, you know or anything like that. <laughs> don't misunderstand me. But that's their heart. Their heart. They're sold out. They're connected. That's their man of God. That by God. God Himself put in my life to teach me, to mentor me, to walk with me through hard times, to help me through the tough stuff and the good stuff, to give me advice, to love me when I'm crying, to pick me up when I'm falling, to, to correct me when I need correction. All of these things, that's the pastor's job, right? But he, he cannot do it without his armor bearers. And I, I really, Jeremy, and I talk about this a lot because Jeremy, I, I've seen Jeremy grow up as a little kid. But Jeremy's always connected with me, and he never hid it. I knew he, he's always sent me messages and encouraging things, and last week sent me encouraging things about our trip to Oklahoma, and thank you for that, Jeremy. That was just confirmation of what I was working on. And he didn't do it because I asked him. He did it because he's behind what we're doing. He loves me. I love him. He's going to fight for me, and he knows I'm fighting for him. He definitely knows that, Right? And, 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 and I'm not, you know, this is, I don't know, I'll go pat Jeremy on the back. I'm not saying I want everybody to be like Jeremy, but I'm showing you the importance of the armor bearer because you have to have that. A pastor has to have that. Now, I mean, think about this, guys. In the Old Testament, the armor bearer, his job was to carry the shield for the one he's serving in the battle. And he, was, he was called to carry that shield. And he was called not only to carry the shield, but he was also called to fight for the one that he's serving. Listen to me now. Listen to me really close. The shield that I'm asking you to carry today, the shield that I'm asking you to pick up, that's the vision of Compass Church. That's the vision of loving God, leading people, growing disciples. I'm asking you, the armor bearers of Compass Church, to pick that shield up, to pick that mantle up, and to hold it close. Make it apart. Get it in your heart. That's what we're fighting for. Come on, that's what we're standing for. That's what we're praying for. Changing lives. And you fit into some part of that. Loving God, leading people, growing disciples, or winning the world. It may be right here in the city, but your part may be in Africa. Your part is somewhere in there. I want you to pick that mantle up and fight for it. Make it your own. This is your church, not my church. It's God's church, but it's your church, guys. And I want you to stand for that vision because ultimately that vision is God's vision. It's God's vision that He gave to the man of God that He placed in your life. And listen to me, if he didn't think you could fit into that vision, 
you wouldn't be here. You would you fit. You were created for a time just as this, such as this, to be an armor bearer, to stand, to fight, to push forward, to not fall back, to not take steps back, to protect me while I'm protecting you, to pray for me while I'm praying for you, to stand together as a unified body to promote the gospel of the Jesus of glory to God. Guys, He wouldn't have put you here. He wouldn't have put me in your life. Now, I know everybody's seasons are for... See, we, life's made of seasons. And you're here for a while, maybe your season's up. You know, I understand that. That's the hardest thing I deal with. I talk to God about it all the time because you don't want to lose anybody. But I understand. I understand. You know, we're people. We're different. And in the way I speak or the way I teach, you just may not be able to draw from. And I understand that. I understand that. But before you jump the ship, make sure your heart's right. Because when you're, when you're connected and you're coming in here prayed up expecting, did you know, let me just say this, did you know it, you could have a six-year-old kid up here preaching the gospel and you can receive from it. And guys, I remember the day that I had to repent because I dealt with this. I went through this, man. You know, you know how it is when you're young and you think you know everything. I had a successful business so everything was going good and it was running great, making big numbers and Everything going good. And, and, you know, I was serving in a church, serving under a pastor. And, and, and he's, 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 a, uh, he's still pastoring today. I guess he's probably in his 80s now. I haven't talked to him in a while. But I was serving under that pastor. And not, this isn't a jab at him. I'm just telling you the situation. He was very monotone. I'm going to tell you, it was tough. It was. Oh, my gosh. No. It was when I had the right, wrong attitude. I'd go in there to listen, and I'm just like, you know. And, but my heart was wrong. And I can remember the day he was preaching. And I can remember the day I was just like, oh, my gosh. I could do better than this. I couldn't preach. It was all I could do to say the prayer at the, at the dinner table. I couldn't preach. But I was just thinking, I can do better than this, you know. My heart was not connected and when I got home, and I was just mad, you know, oh, that was horrible. I didn't want to hear that. I was looking for a performer. I was looking for somebody to entertain me for 45 minutes. I was looking for somebody that, to just keep me awake, keep me going. And, I, and God yanked my chain. I thought it was like a noose on my neck, you know. And I was like, I'm sorry. I had to repent. And I learned. I learned. I learned from that day a hard lesson. And I'm going to tell you something. When I went back... I had a different attitude, a different heart. And I never remember a moment where I didn't receive something from a message. Never, never. Now, I remember one of the, 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 mo- one of the hardest classes that I took. And not hard by information or, or by hard to learn or anything, but one of the hardest to hear when I went through Bible college was called Submission and Authority. Did they have that when you were there also? Tough one, wasn't it? And this is one people, they, they actually stopped teaching it for a while, but then they realized, you know, they've got to put this back in there. Because we're all called to submit to authority. You parents, you really need to be teaching your kids that. A lot of the problems we're dealing with in this world today is because people haven't taught their kids to submit to authority. Now, if you think you can live this life and never submit to authority, you're wrong. Because you're going to submit somewhere, whether you know it or not. You're going to submit to your boss. 
And if you can't submit to your boss, you better be the boss because you're going to have a hard time. And let me tell you something. If you are the boss, you're still submitting to somebody because you've got to submit to the customers. Because if they're not buying your product, you're not going to be a boss. Anyway. Somewhere along the line, you've got to learn to submit. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm not calling, telling you you've got to submit to me as a dictator. But you've got to, if God has placed you to be a part of this church, you've got to submit to the vision, submit to the leadership. Now, I'm not saying that, that I don't need some correction. And, need, and there's people for that, and people take care of that, and I repent constantly, and, I, I try, and that's where your prayers come in. If you're praying for me, it keeps me close to God, and it keeps me less likely to fall into a situation where I've got to be corrected. See, it all goes together. Listen. That was a tough class. But I learned some very important things. You know, there were actually people that would quit school over that class. It was, uh, we had a pretty hard teacher. Y'all probably didn't have a teacher as hard as ours. Ours was tough. But I learned that if I fully submitted to the vision of whatever leader that God put into my life, if I fully submitted to that, then I would faithfully see God fulfill his call on my life. And that's so true. Guys, if, you've, if you're sitting there for, it's been seven, eight years, I'm still waiting on God to do something. No, you're not. God's waiting on you. Look at your life. Have you submitted to a vision? Have you submitted to, to the vision that he's placed in your life, to the man of God that he's placed into your life? Have you submitted are you step, taking steps, serving, being the armor bearer that you're called to be, and, 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 being, and being the best that you can be, allowing God to promote you from within instead of you just trying to talk big and throw names around and promote yourself? Come on, look at yourself. My attitude changed. I loved that class. I loved it. I was probably one of the weirdest ones there because I loved it. Everybody made fun of me, but I didn't care because it changed my attitude. My attitude became that God was going to bloom right where God planted me. And I, no matter how long that season was, I was going to blossom. And I did every single time. And he'll do the same for you. The same for you. And see, God is calling so many Christians. And I, I'm, I'm going to close with this. I'm sorry for going along. I'll pick this up next week because I'm going to get into the, some of the attributes. And, and this is being an armor bearer is so important, guys. It's not all about the pastor. The pastor can't grow the church. Listen, I can preach the exact same message as some of these big churches preaches. I can, we can play the same worship songs, probably better, than some of these other big churches. It doesn't grow the church. The church grows from you. But the church grows from the people connecting with the vision, submitting to the vision that God's placed in their life. Not trying to promote just themselves. Let God promote yourself. We went to see Jerry Savelle in Birmingham a couple of Sunday nights ago, and he's worldwide minister all over the place, very powerful man of God. And, 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 he, and he said that he took the attitude when he first went into ministry that he, would, you know, he was just going to be the humble servant. And that he was, he was never going to try to promote himself. You know how people like to mention who they know or what they've done and this, that, and other. He, he took that attitude. He wasn't ever going to do that. Because, you know, he was kind of like me, a simple man at the time. And he didn't want that. He didn't want to be recognized in all of that. But God took that heart. 
And that man has got 17 offices around the world. I don't know how many times he's flying across this world teaching, preaching, Bible schools in Russia, Bible schools all over the place, teaching the Word of God, teaching the Word of faith. And and he never promoted himself. And when you talk to him, you know it. Because it was so funny, we were sitting there, and he just come right up and talked to me just like I'm talking to to, to Jordan here. and, and, And he never wanted accolades. He never wanted recognition. But you saw his heart in that. He saw his heart. And he allowed God to promote him. And God did. Oh my gosh, God did. Promoted him. But listen, God's calling a lot of the church Christians to step up and be the armor bearers that they're called to be for their leaders. To get behind that vision. Because when you get behind it, Guys, then you're happy about it. You're going to talk about it. You're going to promote it. You're going to evangelize it. You're going to fight for it. Then people are going to recognize it. People are going to hear it. And that's what's going to bring people here. Now the vision begins to grow. The more people we have, the more we can accomplish in the vision. And as this thing grows, guess what? As it get, The bigger it gets, now we've got to have, maybe we've got to have campuses. Now we need ministers to go out to preach. Now we need people raised up, taught up correctly to step into their calling because they faithfully served for so long now god promotes them to pastor their flock come on all of this goes together all of this goes together but most importantly it starts with loyalty and faithfulness and submitting to the vision that god placed in the man of god that he put in your life and getting behind it guys the body of christ has got to see this they've got to pick this challenge up and we've got they guys this is what's stopping us in this world we can do so much more. We can do so much more. And it starts with the armor bearers. I need armor bearers. Every member of the church should be an armor bearer. Every member of the church has got to have the vision in them. It's got to be a part of them. It's got to be, it's got to be who they are. It's got to be who they stand for. It's got to be who they pray for, who they fight for, who they stand for. I need those armor bearers. And I'm asking you guys, will you be the armor bearer? Because that's what's going to grow this thing. That's what's going to take this thing. When God sees that heart and those humble hearts and those humble spirits, and He realizes these, I can work with this. Let's take this thing on. Let's get the gospel out there to the lost and hurting world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great day. I thank you for the, 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 this message, and I thank you.